Sunday, we were talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I wonder how you guys are doing. Like tonight, are you filled? You know, tonight, are you, uh, are you walking in the Spirit? Have you been uh, seeking Him? Have you been praying, you know, for that power, that strength? You know, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get into our study in just a little bit. Um, I did have a couple of prayer requests. Uh, some of you guys are probably following the Supreme Court nomination, right? And so tomorrow, I think, and tomorrow afternoon, they're going to vote him in, which is cool. God's doing a good work there. He's a, he's a conservative. I see God moving in a mighty way. But just, I would ask that you continue to pray for that situation. But the one that's really heavy on my heart is what happened in Syria. Um, most of you probably know that uh, the president of, of, of Syria, Assad, he dropped... Uh, he dropped chemical weapons down on them. And so what ended up happening was, uh, um, I mean, what is it, 80, 86 people were killed. 27 of them were children. So this is a chemical weapon. It's called a sarin. And, uh, and what it does is it, it paralyzes your muscles so that ultimately they die by suffocation because the lungs can't breathe and they can die from anywhere between one and 10 minutes, just like that. And so think about this, um, you know, 27 children, 86 people dying. And, uh, this is against the, the, the law in, 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 you know, even the rules of war. And so you guys know, I'm sure you heard the reaction of our president, um, that he's going to do something, that there's going to be an intervention. But here's the situation. The Russians and the Iranians have forces in Syria, and they're aiding Assad. And so now there's going to be perhaps a U.S. military strike against him, and what ends up happening is there was. Okay. See, I've just, this is... The reason why this is so huge is because this is uh, Russia and Iran uh, invading Israel. This are, these are things that can stir up just like that. You know, how far will it escalate? What's Russia going to do? What's Iran going to do? You know, you read Ezekiel 36 and 37. If you haven't read it, I, I really encourage you to read it because uh, you'll see how God prophesied that Israel would become a nation again. They would become fruitful, just like the Bible says in 1948 they did. But then uh, what happens is that you're going to see God's going to put a hook in Russia and they're going to invade uh, Israel. And I think just uh, we don't know which comes first, whether it's the rapture or that invasion. But man, it can happen at any moment now. And so are, are you ready? Are you ready for the Lord today? If he were to come today, would you be left behind? Because I'm telling you, these are the signs. He said he was coming the first time he came. He said he's coming again. And he said that he would come again. That's the most repeated doctrine in the Bible. That Jesus is coming again. And 1 Corinthians says it will happen in the blink of an eye. At the sound of the trumpet. And so, you guys, we can't just get ready. We have to stay ready. And, uh, and we got to pray, you know, for all these situations that we see going on around the world. And so... Um, let me see who's here tonight. Sarai, right? What's going on? Where's, where's, um, oh yeah, Tanyel, PJ. We got some awesome 
new uh, people here today from uh, Nepal, right? You guys know that they're here? Did you guys say hi? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God for the work he's doing. How many of you guys, any of you here going on that missions trip? Some. How about Cambodia? Where's everybody, man? We got to talk to them. Backsliders. <laughs> oh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for loving us. I thank you for, Lord, just the work that you want to do. Lord, I pray that we would be open and yielded to you, Lord, so that we can be emptied of self and filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, so that we would not leave the same way that we came. Father, I pray that you bless this time. I pray you would lead this time. I pray that every single person here, that not one, that not one would escape the work that you want to do in their life. Father, that we would be yielded and surrendered and not merely men, but spiritual men and women walking in your strength and in your power. Lord, as we're living in the last of the last days. And so, Father, I, I know there are hurting hearts here. Comfort them. I know that some uh, might not even know you. We pray that you would save them. Uh, some are, are just getting called higher and deeper uh, into that relationship, that, that ministry, Lord God. Help us to stop dragging our feet. Help us to run to the battle. Help us to take not just uh, steps of faith, but leaps of faith. Lord, I pray, please help us to know that you're alive. You're here. You're well. And you want to work in us and through us. I thank you for loving us, Lord. And I pray that you would bless your people. Comfort them. Comfort them in their trials and tribulations as we were reading today, Lord, knowing that, um, God, you're going to work all things together for good. And so, I give, again, I love you, Lord. I praise you. And I ask you to bless this time. I pray for the situation in Syria and in the Middle East and Israel. I know you're going to take care of Israel. Lord, I pray that... Um, that you would, uh, Lord, go before us. Give our leaders wisdom. And Father, uh, help us to be ready. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. You still awake? <laughs> I want to I wanted share with you about the person of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know... I know some of you know these things. Uh, some of you don't. Uh, it's funny when you go street witnessing, a lot of people don't really know who God is. And we, you, how many of you here were raised Catholic? First, let me just ask you that. Okay, do you guys remember this? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Do you guys still do that? You don't have to do that, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, I, I actually, I think that's kind of weird if you do that. So please don't do that, Okay. But what it is, is, a, is a, it was a, a, a healthy indoctrination that God is three. One God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Not polytheism, not three gods. Okay, you guys got to know that. And it's not modalism. It's not one God who puts on three hats. Well, first he's the Father hat, then the Son hat, then the Holy Spirit hat. It's not that either. 
And it's not Sabellianism or it's not Arianism where, you know, the JWs will tell you that God made a creature and, you know, an angel. His name is Michael and that's Jesus. That's not what the Bible teaches. It teaches us one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, I think we have a diagram of the Holy Spirit or the, of the, of the Trinity here. And so, you know, you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are God, but they're not each other. And it's very important for us to understand that. You know, because, uh, you know, without that understanding, you're going to kind of get lost. And who knows, one day maybe they'll come knocking at your door and the, the JWs or maybe the Mormons will turn you into a theological pretzel, man. And so you've got to know this. And I would encourage you to memorize this. Uh, that, that God is uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons, different in function and office, but not in nature and essence. It's kind of like a, a husband and a wife. They're, they're both human beings, but one is a little higher than the other in their responsibility. One is the head. It's the way it works within the Godhead as well. And so we have the three persons of the Holy Spirit. And I think that when you, when you study the Father we can kind of relate to him because we know he's the, the most high God. He's, he's our father. We're his children. We can call him daddy. We can relate to him in that way. He takes care of us. Uh, he's our father. And then when we think of Jesus as the son, and the Bible calls him our, our brother. He's our, our groom. He is our savior. We can kind of relate to him because we even saw him walking on planet earth. And so we really kind of know the father and we know Jesus. But what about the Holy Spirit? You know, a lot of people, they don't know about the Holy Spirit. To him, he's a, he's a mystery to us. And for uh, you know, us as Christians, I, I think even though I, I will tell you this, that the Holy Spirit, he doesn't really draw attention to himself. But there is enough in the Bible that we should endeavor into a serious study of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, we're known for our Bible at Calvary Chapel, right? But it can't just be all Bible. Because if it's all Bible and no spirit, we'll dry up. We'll dry up. There'll be no power. We'll dry up. But if it's all spirit and no, no Bible then they say they'll kind of blow up, you know? They get all emotional, they get all excited, but they have no direction, no roadmap, no truth. No, the Spirit of God, He uses the Word of God to conceive a child of God. That's how we're born. And the Spirit of God will use the Word of God to conform us into the image of God and give us the power of God. So we don't have to putt-putt around life living at the bottom of the hill, looking down in the valley, and we're thinking, well, I'm not in the valley anymore. At least that's not, you know, I'm not in the valley. But God says, no, I want you to live up there, though. You know, and I'm not exaggerating when I'm telling you that God wants you to walk on water. God wants you to move mountains. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being sensationalistic. I'm telling you that there is a world that's dying. They're dead. They need more than religion. They need the living God to bring them to life. And unless we're connected to the Holy Spirit, unless we're filled with Him, then, you know, our, our religion, our witness will be impotent. 
You know, we'll, we'll, we'll walk and they'll see that guy, he's demon-possessed, and there's like nothing we can do about it. Because we're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why it's important for us to know about the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of confusion about Him. We don't want to lean too far in this direction where we're, you know, living off, you know, merely emotional experiences. And you go to some, you know, Pentecostal or charismatic churches and they are not healthy. But we don't want to lean on this far either. And, you know, just, you know, like a, like a, like a dead church. We want to have both. Calvary Chapel was known for that in the beginning. But I think over the years, we kind of drifted away. And uh, I hear it, even we, we recently went to a conference, and, and they're talking about that we need to get back to the Word of God and the Spirit of God moving in that way. You know, when you read the Bible, the, there's a lot of symbolism. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, uh, is clothing, you know, so you're covered in that, you know, clothing. The Holy Spirit is a seal. The Holy Spirit is symbolized as fire. Think of that. Fire to purify your life. Fire to ignite you. The Holy Spirit is symbolized as oil. And in the Old Testament, as well as new, the oil meant healing. And some people in their life, they've gone through whatever it is they've gone through, they're going through whatever it is they're going through, they need God to heal their life. The Holy Spirit will bring healing with that oil, the anointing, the water, right? Uh, torrents of living water. You can just visualize Him cleansing. And sometimes you see those Water is just rushing, man. I remember going whitewater rafting. I know how powerful that water can be. Or the wind. I mean, the wind just blowing through 100 miles an hour, blowing out the dust within, blowing out the sin within me, and just going out and taking care of business in this world. I mean, these are the symbols of the Holy Spirit. These are some of the things that He does. And not only that, He symbolizes a dove. Think about that. I mean, you know, you see a dove land right there and you go try to pick it up. Really, really, really sensitive. The Holy Spirit's beautiful. And we have to learn about Him. Again, He doesn't bring attention to Himself, but I think there's enough in the Bible to warrant a serious study. Because here's the thing, you guys. I mean, Sometimes I hear people and they'll say, you know what, that guy's a great teacher, Manny, you did a great teaching or whatever, every once in a while, you know, hear stuff like that. To be honest with you, it doesn't mean anything to me. The question is, has it changed your life? Oh, it's a great study, cool, it doesn't, I don't even care. Are you different? Is it changing your life? I mean, you take in the truth, I mean... I was reading today about um, how, you know, any man can clean up his act. Any man can clean up his act because it's just an act. And we all know how to clean up our act. You might be one way here and a completely different way at home because you know how to act. You know, some of you here, you're terrible actors. You know, so we try to put you in the Christmas play. Forget about it. Please do the lights, okay? <laughs> you know? But you know how it is. Some people, they're really good at acting, man. And so, 
I, I know this. And then, you know, you can actually do that in, in life. You kind of church, it's your life. You're not real. Now, I'm not saying that to beat you up or to beat you down. I'm, I'm saying that really to, to wake you up, to lift you up, and to tell you that you can be. That there is a God, there is a living God who promises, he says, wherever you're at, doesn't matter, you'll never be good enough, so don't worry about that. You're not going to earn it. You're not worthy. You're not able. Just come to me. Just come to me. Do you, are you tired of putting on the show? Are you, trying to, are you tired of exerting that effort? Because you're trying to do it on your own strength. Wouldn't you rather have God come in so that it would be a flow? So the love is not like you're trying to, ah, I'm going to love. No, it's like you start flowing, man. The love, the joy, the peace, right? I mean, these things, real, you know, the long-suffering, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control, the obedience. You know, I, I get so blessed in worship. I don't know how you guys are in worship, but, you know, I heard something really cool the other day, and it just made me check my heart. You know, so someone says to you after worship, how was worship? How was worship? What would you say? They, this is what this guy, he said, ask God. Because worship is not prim- primarily for you. Worship is to God. And it's a blessing. Don't get me wrong. We are blessed with an awesome worship team. And they have that heart. But we have to make sure that we catch that vision as a church. That when we're singing, we're singing to God. Lord, we exalt you. And we're singing it to him. Lord, there is no man... That's good. My righteousness, the best I could do, according to Isaiah 64, 6, is filthy rags. There is no man who is good. No, not one. Only you are good. And Lord, we're here tonight and we exalt you. And this is what I want to do. I want to I I point you to him. And I'm telling you, if you, if, you're, if you want the Lord, and some of you here, hopefully you, you do. Hopefully, you know, if you're here and you've been struggling or if you're here and you've been kind of living half-hearted, that tonight you would open up. You would open up to the Holy Spirit. Just come as you are. All you have to do is know that you need Him. All you have to do is, is believe And then you come as you are. And this is what the Lord's been doing in my life. Just constantly. Every day I wake up. I roll out of bed now because I can't get up fast anymore. I'm rolling out of bed. Something's wrong with my back. And I'm just asking, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. With every single step I take. John 15, 5. I can do nothing. Nothing. Without you. And so with every step, we're asking the Lord to fill us with the Holy Spirit. You know, first word, believe it or not, I have an outline, okay, is Trinity, okay? So 
one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, equal in essence and nature, but not in function and office. Okay, Trinity. Second word is personality. You know, one thing you got to know is that the Holy Spirit is not an it. I, I get, I get in the flesh almost, man. I get upset when people call him it. Do you have it? No, he is a he. He is a person. It's the personality of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you study the scriptures, you'll see that he's social. He's intellectual. He's emotional. He's volitional. And that means that he can make choices. He has a will. He is a person. And we know he's a he because Jesus calls him that in John 14, 16. And so finally, will you open your Bibles to John chapter 14? And I just want to bring you guys to a point tonight where we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit. That's all. John 14. In verse 16, now remember, this is the night before Jesus is crucified. He's sharing things that are important. He's about to die. And he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Helper. Helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so, what you find is that the Holy Spirit is our helper. How many of you here can use help? Just out of curiosity, I could use help. You know, that is an awesome word. Uh, you know what? If you have an old King James, I think, I, I know the same word is also translated comforter. And so he's a, he's a helper when you need help. He's a comforter. One thing I've learned in life is that, man, a lot of people are going through hard times. The, the Greek word, it literally means uh, just someone that you've summoned to, to help you. You've called them to come alongside you. And, and it's interesting, the parakletos, the parakletos, you've summoned him. I need help. I need help. I need, I need comfort. Lord, will you come? You summon them. And they come to your side. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the comforter. In the Greek language, it refers to, refers to one who comes to one's aid. I mean, when I, when I read about the parakletos, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of, kind of like the Old Testament version of I am. Remember in the Old Testament, they said, well, what's your name? What should we say your name is? I am. What do you mean I am? I am whatever you need. Whatever you need, I am. You need a friend, I am. You need a healer? I am. I mean, whatever it is that you need, God says, I am. In one sense, that's the helper. Whatever it is, wherever you are, he is the answer. And so the Lord just wants to bring us to a place where he gives the promise of the Holy Spirit here. And we read later in Luke 24, 49, Acts 1, 8, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit does come. We don't need an, a repetition of Pentecost, but we need an appropriation of Pentecost, Right? And so when we're trying to do things on our own strength, we're going to fail. Have any of you learned that yet? 
It's just out of curiosity. I mean, I have learned that yet. I can't be the husband, the, the dad, the friend, the son, the servant, nothing. And even then I still fall short. But man, I'm asking God to give me his strength all day long. And it's a different, it's a different life. Then the Lord says, I want to give him to you. You know, is the enemy trying to take you down with accusations or condemnations? The same Greek word is translated advocate in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. That just tells you the diversity of this word, the, the extent of whatever it is that you're going through. God says, I'm here for you. Can I help you? Just believe in me. Just call. Just pray. Be constantly dependent upon him. Same Greek word in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. So that's our goal. I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. I hate sin because I know what it does. But every once in a while we do. Right? So what does it say? And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's the same Greek word, advocate. So maybe you're here today and the enemy is trying to beat you up with accusations and condemnations. Maybe you're here today and you've blown it. You want to know what is available today? Forgiveness. Freedom. A new start. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you failed. God says, I'll meet you here. Same Greek word, parakletos, comforter. Helper, advocate, no matter what your situation is, God says, I am available to you. I am available. But in looking at the person of the Holy Spirit, we have to understand that, you know, he is holy. You ever wonder why they call him the Holy Spirit? Do you guys ever wonder why they call him the Holy Spirit? Okay, so there's three in the Godhead. They were all the same prior to the incarnation. And when they call the father, father, okay, I can understand that because he's the father. They, they call the son, son. He's always been the son ever since eternity passed. The father's just a spirit. So why don't they call the father Holy Spirit? Why is the Holy Spirit called the Holy Spirit? And you guys know, right? I think I've shared with you before, but probably don't know because you forgot, huh? It's because he makes us holy. That's, that's the reason. He makes us holy. And so you're thinking, holy, okay, what does that mean? You're thinking some Pharisee or something. And you want to know what holy means? It just means set apart. It just means you belong to God. You're his. And the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment of sin because they don't believe in me of righteousness because I go away and I'm going to be with my father and of judgment because the ruler of this world has already been judged. I mean, we learn really about salvation by the Holy Spirit. And then what ends up happening is, again, the spirit of God uses the word of God to conform us into the image of God. But we have to make sure that we don't grieve him, Ephesians 4.30. And it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for 
in the day of redemption. And so how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? I don't know if you guys have ever kind of thought that went through. The word grieve is an interesting word. It means to affect with sadness or to throw into sorrow or to offend or to make one easy. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by, you know, perpetual sin. And one of the sins that I will say that seems to stand out in that section is the words that we speak. You know, you're, you're lying or you're slandering. Or here's the one that I think is really huge to me. When you say things to tear someone else down. You know, it's not edifying. It's, it's, it's you're tearing someone down. That'll grieve the Holy Spirit. That'll limit the Holy Spirit work in your life. So whatever you do, don't do that. And then, and then the other one, I wanted you to turn to 1 Thessalonians 5 for that one. Here's the one that I think is important for us. Look what it says in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse um, 19. It says, do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, test all things, and hold fast what is good. Now, the word quench is an interesting word. It means to extinguish a fire. That's what the word quench means. And, and the way that we extinguish this fire is by doubting. See, we grieve the Holy Spirit by, by disobeying, but we quench the Holy Spirit by doubting. Like you're here today and you're thinking, man, I'm going to leave the same way that I came. You know, I, I'm just, you know, that's just the way it is, man. There's no supernatural power available to me and... And you despise prophecies. That word right there, it talks about thinking little of the word. Ah, that's no big deal. It's not from God. It's not a word from God to me. And you're despising the prophecy. You're doubting what God can do. And as a result of that, you're quenching the spirit. You know, you're extinguishing a fire that God wants to ignite, that God wants to fan, that God wants to grow. And so what do we need to do? We, we need to believe. We need to believe. You know, when you read the Old Testament, and when the Holy Spirit fell on the people in the Old Testament, two things uh, that stand out. Did you guys, do you ever remember reading the Old Testament when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them? What did they typically do what did they normally do any bible scholars out there remember prophesy who said it who said it all right naomi all right oh no all right marie all right man we we're going to give you a free bible for that okay (laughs) they would prophesy when the holy spirit came upon them they would speak the word of god and when the holy spirit comes upon you it's not just here in the pulpit by all means no way it's you're out there in the highway and the byways and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you can't hold it in because we are supposed to speak. There is a sin called the sin of silence. Speak the name of Jesus. 
speak his word. He will lay things on your heart, a word to give someone, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. When the Holy Spirit is, when he falls upon you, you're going you're gonna to speak those words, prophesy. But you want to know the, the other thing that stands out in the Bible, found in the book of Judges? And I'll bet you it's one of your favorite Bible characters in the whole Bible. And, 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 and this guy, the Holy Spirit came upon him three times. And I, we don't have time to go into it right now, but I, I'm going to tell you this, Samson. When the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, what, what happened? He was strong. His muscles grew. No, I was joking. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it was some stick figure. We don't even know, man. But we know that when the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, there was like this incredible, I mean, like Superman strength. You guys know that, right? One time, you know what he did? He tore a lion apart. He took a lion and he tore it apart. What, what's that symbolic of? Crushing the devil. The demons that are coming against you, they are no match when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You will tear them apart. You know, there were other times where the Holy Spirit came upon him and you know what he did? He took the men with the jawbone of a donkey. He just, he wiped them all out. And you know what that is? That's us defeating the world. And as the world opposes you, you know, and the influences of the world, the sway of the world, you know, when you look and you check out that chick because that's the way they got the billboards, it's the sway of the enemy, and you name it, the worldly influences, you got to get money, you got to get materialism, whatever it is that the world says about, you know, this is what you got to have, the American dream, and it's nothing for you. And you just wipe it out because you're filled with the Spirit or someone comes against you. It doesn't even matter. They won't make you fall. They won't make you sin. The devil tries to use somebody to get you. It will in no way cause you to fall because you're filled with the Spirit. And then there was one other time when the Holy Spirit came upon him and that's when he was bound with ropes. And, and what that's symbolic of is his own struggles. His own inclinations, where oftentimes we bind ourselves. Nothing, nothing when you're filled with the Spirit. Because we all have our own inclinations, right? I mean, we all do. We all have our Achilles tendon. We all have the sin that easily besets us. Some of you here, maybe it's anger. Some of you here, maybe it's lust. Some of you here, you're struggling in your prayer life. Some of you here, you don't like your spouse. I don't know. We go through different things, right? And, and when, when you're filled with the Spirit, it's no match. I mean, he just, he, he, he tore him off like, you know, a knife, a hot knife cutting, cutting through butter. And I'm not saying that you're going to reach a state of sinless perfection, but I'm saying that your life will com- be completely different, radically transformed, You and I, when we're walking in the Holy Spirit, we will not hunger after the things of this world. When you and I are filled with the Spirit, we will live a victorious Christian life. 
And let me tell you something, you guys. You've got to know this. That is not just for the elite. It's not just for whoever it is that you, know, you might want to put up on a pedestal. It's for anyone. It's for everyone. You're going to feel it. You're going to sense it. You're going to experience it. This radical change in your life when you hunger and you thirst after him. You know, when you look back at at Luke 11, and and we got to go back there, you guys, Luke 11. Look at Luke 11 in verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. How's your prayer life? It should be wonderful. You get to talk to God. That's the one thing the devil doesn't want you to do. I don't care. You can do anything else. You can be so busy. He doesn't want you to pray. So I love it when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. You want to know why they asked him that? Because they knew the secret of his, pow- of his power was his prayer life. And so they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he gave them a model prayer. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't have to say those words. You can if you want, because uh, it's beautiful knowing he's your father on the throne. You know, um, just praying for him to wrap things up or to, you know, establish a kingdom at least in your heart you know his will be done i love verse three give us day by day our daily bread now that that probably i don't know i go back and forth on this right i love bread i'm thinking lord that's bread huh like garlic you know toast and stuff like that because i just love bread so much but it's probably not that it is the word for today Lord, here I am. It's another day. What do you have to say to me? I don't know. It's probably both. But today when I was praying and I was seeking the Lord, I was leaning more into that direction today. Lord, I I just believe with all my heart that every single day of my life, you have a message for me. So give us this day our our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. All right, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then he goes on. Remember, he tells the parable about persistent prayer, right? And so, uh, you know, we got to do that. You guys don't stop asking. Don't stop praying. I'm telling you, it might happen tonight. It might happen on your way home. It might happen when you wake up in the morning 
It might happen when you're going out the door, when you're on the way to work or school or whatever the situation is, but I'm just challenging you. Let's live our life. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, I need you. Lord, I can't do this without you. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You said, you said, Luke 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so, Lord, I'm asking, and I am not going to stop asking, and I'm not going to stop knocking. I'm not going to stop seeking. I am not going to stop until you give me this promise that you said is available to me that will change my life. So I could be faithful in every role and responsibility that you've given to me. And I won't go back to, to wine or drugs. I won't go back to that life. It's wasted. I will be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's one thing to say prayers. It's another thing to pray prayers. Let me ask you guys a question. Um, And we're closing now. Maybe we should have the musicians come up. Um, That right there, this this, uh, little table thing right there, um, who made it? You're probably thinking I'm asking for a name, huh? Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's made out of wood, and it was made by God and men. God made the tree. Men, they, they cut down that tree. They chopped it up. They did whatever they had to do. They worked. They also worked, and they made it. You know, you, you take a paper clip. Well, who made it? Well, God and men. You know, God made the iron ore from which they extracted the metal and then men went and they did their part and next thing you know, they they got a paper clip. You see, what I'm trying to say is that's kind of the way it is in the making of a man of God. In the making of a woman of God. It is God. It is God. But it is also us yielding to Him, cooperating in Him, You know, we must work, but he does that work as we're yielded to him.